This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Before we start today's episode, I wanted to take a moment and say thank you, listener. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Thank you for listening for however long you've been listening, whether that's from the very beginning, somewhere in the middle, or today is your first episode. Thank you for joining me. I know we've talked about in the past how important the words thank you are, and I thought it would be appropriate as we crest the 60th episode threshold to say thank you to you for being here and taking some of your very precious time and devoting it to listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoy what you're listening to. I have nothing to ask of you except your continued listenership as we continue to grow and develop together. So let's get started, shall we? Here's today's quote. Generational patterns are woven into the fabric of our lives, but they are not set in stone. Fabric can be unraveled, tears mended, knots untangled, and a new pattern can be tenderly and intentionally begun. We are the story weavers of this generation. May we wield our looms with the bravest love and fiercest hope imaginable. End quote. And that is L.R. Nost. L.R. Nost is a mother, author, and founder of the Little Hearts Gentle Parenting website. She's authored a number of books, including The Gentle Parent, 2,000 Kisses a Day, Whispers Through Time, and many others. She provides parenting advice and guidance for new parents and parents that are on their second, third, fourth child, whatever it may be. Uh, She is a guide and someone who, with a large family herself, has plenty to offer to any parent anywhere. And as a child in a relatively large family myself, I have the utmost respect for my mother and all the things that she did and does and sacrificed and continues to sacrifice many of which I I probably don't even realize. And if you think about your mother, your father, your parent in general, they probably have sacrificed and continue to sacrifice a lot for you. And if you're a parent yourself, you may well know that there are times where there's something that you would probably rather be doing in that moment than what you're asked to do or what you must do. And you give of yourself to raise that child. And so for my mother, I say thank you. And recognize that parenting is hard. Childhood is the development of a human. It is the exploration of a tiny human on a new planet where everything is new and rules must be learned and norms must be developed and attitudes and behaviors. It is, a, it is by definition, a very clean slate with which to start from and to develop from. And that means that A lot of the things that we take for granted as adults, children just don't. They just don't. They don't have the intrinsic understanding of the world around them that we feel like we do. But really, if we're honest with ourselves, we know that we developed it over time. And each child is unique. And while there are countless thousands of books and even more opinions on the topic, there is no perfect approach, no perfect playbook to quote, win every moment. 
And so people like Nost attempt to guide parents in the absolute best way that they can. They offer advice, they offer anecdotes, they offer experience, they, they think deeply on the topic. And thinking deeply is something that we do a lot here on this podcast, and it's something that parents, I'm sure, do a lot of as well, is, am I doing the right thing? Am I raising this child the right way? Am I ready for this? Is my child ready for this? And they turn to people with more experience than them. They turn to people with more, who've done more thinking on the topic, more pondering, more practicing, more interacting on the topic than they have. And so in a way, Nost is caring for the caregivers. She's parenting the parents, guiding those who guide, leading the leaders, those types of things. And that in and of itself is impressive. I mean, think about a family like mine with many children where my mother had to raise us and guide us and teach us and develop us as human beings. Now imagine, on top of all of that responsibility, trying to do those things for people who are trying to do those things, meaning trying to guide, trying to teach, trying to develop the people who guide, teach, and develop children. That's impressive and, and dare I say, admirable that she does that. And she does it quite well. If you read her works, whether you have children or not, there's a lot to learn from the things that she says. She writes and works to provide a new way to parent, something to, quote, break the mold. And if we think for a moment and take the word mold and what we know it to be, and I'm not talking about the green stuff that grows on something you leave in the fridge a little too long, I'm talking about a literal mold. I'm talking about a vessel that filled with some material creates an exact copy of that thing, right? It is a mold. So think of something used to make a bowling ball or to make a bust that's replicatable or even something like a jello mold, something that is designed to create the exact same Christmas tree shape or the exact same star shape or the exact same moon shape in your jello every single time. It is a mold. Right? So molds are by definition meant to create exact copies. So if you think back on your parents, as I do often, and you see their imperfections, which I do, and that's not a bad thing. Our parents, most of them, were they humble, would admit that they were imperfect. They didn't do everything right. Perhaps they didn't have an L.R. Nost in their life who provided them sage guidance, or they read some guidance from someone they thought was an L.R. Nost that turned out to not be, and the advice didn't work. So they were imperfect. So if you can look back on your parents and you can see their imperfections, then theoretically, you don't actually want to be an exact copy of your parents. And if you're honest with yourself, that's probably the case. There's probably at least one thing, more likely many, that you can think, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be that version of my parents. My dad used to be, to use a cliche, my dad used to be real quick to anger. And I don't want to be like that. Or my mom used to overparent and helicopter parent us. And I don't want to be that way. And you want to deviate from that. So you don't want to create an exact copy of your parents in yourself. And you, therefore, if you're projecting out into the future, don't want your children to be exact copies of you. You want there to be improvements. You want there to be tweaks. You want the mold to, in a sense... Maybe be kept in form, in general shape, 
but amended, changed, altered in some way for the positive. And that's how we make progress as people, as communities, as a society, as a globe, is minor improvements over time. And this is one of the ways that we do it. We alter the way that we raise the next generation. We change the patterns. We break the mold so that what is around a generation or two or three from now is not the same as what's here today. And that is the essence of today's quote. So I'm going to read it for you again. And I want you to think about your parent or parents, the person or people who raised you, and think about how you might change some of the patterns that Nost talks about in today's quote. So here's, a, here's the quote one more time. Quote, Generational patterns are woven into the fabric of our lives, but they are not set in stone. Fabric can be unraveled, tears mended, knots untangled, and a new pattern can be tenderly and intentionally begun. We are the story weavers of this generation. May we wield our looms with the bravest love and fiercest hope imaginable. End quote. And in a lot of ways, my mold analogy is, is not perfect. In, in a better analogy, I'd say, would be this loom. And it's almost a perfect analogy here. And as I mentioned before, parental imperfections. Our parents were imperfect. You are an imperfect parent. We all have our imperfections. But we know that our parents love and cherish us. And we love and cherish our parents in spite of those imperfections. Think of, think of coins or stamps and think of how it is the imperfect, not the cookie cutter, that are the most highly valued, right? It's the misprints, it's the double stamps, it's the inverted inking of a stamp that make those things valuable. It's what make them precious, it's what make them unique. It's the same concept as, you know, the child's drawing of an animal or of themselves or their family that is prized and put on the fridge in a place of where it will often be seen. Not because it's of photo quality or expertly drawn, but because it is imperfect. By definition, it is the child's imagination put onto a piece of paper and it is imperfect. It is not a perfect representation of the world. And so, too, with a loom, it's not a stretch to imagine ourselves or our children as a tapestry, right? My mom crochets, and I have watched her work, and in that work, I have seen her focused, devoted, toiling over what she's working on, only to stop, recognize an imperfection, and undo rows and rows of work to fix something a missed stitch or a double stitch or a knot or an error in the pattern of some kind, I've watched her do it. And you watch the whole thing unravel right before your eyes. But what I notice when I think about that now is that the fabric itself, the yarn or the thread or whatever it is that she's working with, is no worse off, right? The finished product is no worse off. And its user Myself, in the case of a pot holder or a wall hanging or a table runner or something like that, I'm none the wiser. I have no idea how many things were undone and redone 
in that tapestry in order to bring it to its present state. So too with generational parenting, or, or for those of us that aren't parents, friendship behaviors. We can and should fix those things. 18 years of raising a child, and, and arguably beyond, your, your parenting responsibilities don't come to an abrupt halt at 18 just because your child is considered a legal adult. Um, they, that's a lot of time. And again, you're starting with a, with a formless lump of clay for the most part. And you're developing that. Every interaction you have with that child imparts something. Every time that they look to you for an example and you provide one, you're setting something in motion. And you can set good patterns into that child. You can guide and advise and generate good patterns in, those, in that child. Or you can generate or manifest not-so-good patterns. And like I said, we can and we should fix them. Same thing with friendships. If you've had somebody demonstrate for you bad friendship patterns or bad relationship patterns throughout your whole life, you can change that. You can go back and unwind those rows. Now, the interesting thing to note here is that the act of unwinding the row takes effort and then as much, if not more, effort and focus must be devoted to redoing the row so as not to replicate the same mistake, whether that's crocheting or weaving a tapestry or what have you. So, too, with our relationships with people. If you recognize that you are a bad friend and that you don't prioritize other people ever above yourself, you never give, you always take, you are selfish, you are not respective of people's time, whatever it may be that you're identifying that you're falling short on. And as a parent, it could be that you're you're too quick to anger or you're, you lash out or you use inappropriate words around your children or you mirror bad behavior when you drive the car and scream at other drivers with your child in the back seat and you want to change that. You don't want your child to mirror that behavior as they grow and you don't want your friends to mirror that behavior to you. Then you have to take the time, take the effort, Undo the row. Go back. Roll back the clock, as it were. And then, once the damage is as undone as it can be, start again. Start again and move forward and continue to develop. And as I said, it comes at a cost of time and energy. You have to be self-aware enough to recognize that you've fallen short. And then, be willing to unravel the work that has already been done. It could be sitting down with your child and saying, look, you know, I know you saw me yell at that driver today in the car and I said some things that were inappropriate. That's not how we should behave. That is not how we should interact with other people. That person didn't know what they were doing or I made a mistake and I set that whole thing into motion and I shouldn't have responded that way regardless. Don't do that. That may be what you have to do. If it's you don't prioritize your friend's time. You're always the late one. If you're one of those people who is always 5, 10, 15, or more minutes late to any interaction with other people, ask yourself, is that is that the kind of friend you really want to be? Is that something that you would be okay with somebody else doing to you? And if not, then maybe you need to go back and say, hey, look, I know the last few times that we've gotten together as friends, I haven't been on time. And I know that the response that most kind people will give is, oh, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. 
but your response may be, and I know it seems like a small thing, but it's something that I want to work on, and so I'm going to do better. So now, that's the unraveling of the row. That's you going back and saying, I was wrong. I did something incorrectly. I'm admitting it. I'm owning it. You may not even have to do that in order to make the fix, but it makes it that much more profound if you do. And then you start the hard work of not doing that. If you're the parent who screams at other drivers in the car, you do the hard work of not doing that. You actively fight against your tendency to do that. If you're the friend who's always late, you make it a point to leave that much earlier so as to correct the situation and be better on the other end. And by the time you've internalized that behavior, your child, in this case, who is mirroring your behavior when they come to driving age, or the friend who now sees that they're just always on time. It doesn't even cross their mind anymore. The end user, at the end of it all, is none the wiser. Your child may not even remember the conversation where you told them, yep, I snapped at that driver in the other car today, and I shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't do that. They will probably never remember that conversation. But for whatever reason, they won't yell at other drivers either. And it's because you did that little thing back in the day to correct that pattern. And this quote is also a metaphor for many areas of life, not just parenthood. And for that reason, that's why it became a must-include on this podcast. And I hope it resonates with you as it does with me. Because as we've talked about many, many times before, every interaction, every opportunity that we have provides us with a space to improve and to be better. And if we can internalize the idea that life is a tapestry woven together with time and effort and diligence and focus, then we also recognize that nothing, very few things rather, that we do in life are set in stone. Nearly everything that we do, good, bad, or otherwise, can be undone. It's just a question of how much effort it takes. Now, there may be a few things you may be jumping up and down or screaming at your at your stereo or your headphones saying, but what about this? Well, there may be, I admit, listener, there may be some things that are once done, set in stone, and there is no undoing those things. But most things, probably more things than we realize, are correctable. And that's what Nost is saying here, is that we don't have to pass these things along generation to generation. It's not just parent-to-child generations. This is generations of friendship. This is generations of relationships, romantic relationships, etc. We don't have to continue in the same way that we always have. We can correct. We can undo or make a correction. Not to erase the mistakes, but to improve upon them so as not to perpetuate them. So as we close today, think about what those generational patterns are. What are you passing along to your friends, your lovers, your children? What type of generational patterns are you perpetuating? And once you've identified what they are, how can you correct them? How much time, effort, and focus will it take to unravel? Maybe it's very little. Maybe it's just a change. Maybe it's something nobody has noticed but you. But now that you know that it's there, and now that you know that it's in front of you, and you see it, do you continue to do it? Or do you make the change? Nost would say change. Nost, who has a ton of experience in this area, would say change. I would say change, and I hope you will too. 
So identify those generational patterns today. Take a hold of your tapestry and understand that you're the weaver. And as Nost says, wield your loom with the bravest love and fiercest hope imaginable. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you, welcome your feedback, and thanks as always for listening.